Welcome to the Snow Fighters Institute podcast, coming from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry. To learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they've faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds and check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Please welcome your host, Phil Harwood. All right. Well, hey, everybody. I am super excited to introduce you today to our special guest. He is Dave Warwick Jr. from Warwick Properties Group, LLC, out of Hamilton, New Jersey. Uh, not only is Dave a second-generation owner, and we're going to talk about that, but he loves snow. And as you know, I love snow, so Dave's my kind of guy. So, Dave, thank you for being here. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, tell us about yourself. Who yeah, are so you? <laughs> and where is Hamilton, New Jersey? I had to look that up. Uh, really? Uh, well, that's funny. We're, tell us, we're actually tell the, us where that is. Hamilton is the ninth largest municipality in the state of New Jersey. And uh, we are we actually border our capital city of Trenton. So we're right in the middle. It's uh, central New Jersey, not south, not north, central New Jersey, um, which is, is a hot topic depending on who you talk to. But uh, yeah, so uh, as you said, Dave Work Jr. from Work Properties Group, LLC. Um, this is uh, going into my fourth season as the owner. Um, as you as you already mentioned, my father he owned the company for a little over thirty years prior to me. Um, we were a full service company. We do lawn maintenance. We do we did landscape installs, and then in the winter we do snow plowing. Um, and as you said, I do love snow. Um, Good white white gold as as I call it. So love that. So um, let's let's talk about the transition from, you know, your father to you kind of are you in the is that over with? Are you on the back end of that or is that it, like halfway through right now or where do you stand with that that transition? Yeah, so it is uh, officially done at this point. Um, I actually we he had a separate separate entity. I had actually started my company prior to me even talking to him about taking over the business. Um, and, uh, when he decided he was done, I bought him out. I bought the equipment. I bought the accounts from him. And, uh, just last year I paid him off his final payments. And so he's out of the picture, which sometimes is weird. Um, yeah. you know, cause I, I grew up, he was, he was the boss, he was in charge and, and now, you know, it all falls on me. So, so how is he doing with this? Like, what is he doing to keep himself busy? Uh, he, you know, it's funny. I think he's busier now than when he was running the company. Um, he, uh, he, he moved from New Jersey, to North Carolina. Um, he's down there with my mother and actually I'm the only, only one from my family left here in Jersey. They all okay. moved to North Carolina. All right. Want to get out of the snow um, belt a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I guess, which is ironic because we had a storm just last week. It rained two inches here and they got, uh, <laughs> like four inches of snow. Yeah. So I followed him down there. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's funny because he said, he's like, ah, oh, he just sold the plow off his truck. He just got it sold like 
a month ago. And, and then said, it's man, not. if I had kept that thing. <laughs> yeah. No well, that's the big trend. You know, everyone from the northern states, I mean, that's the big demographic move. That's been happening for many, many years now, moving south and west. So yep. they're they're right, you know, they're right in there. And North Carolina is a beautiful place. So uh, oh, no, I love it. It's, can't fault them at all for doing that. It's, it's not home. I mean, my, my siblings, I'm the oldest of four. Um, my siblings, they've all made it home. My parents, they've moved and made it home. But for me, it's a nice getaway. But home is, is here. We're, I mean, we Central New Jersey is a great place. We have everything within 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, whereas it's funny, I go to North Carolina, it's like, I got to run to the grocery store and it's a 20 minute drive. Everything's 20 minutes in North Carolina. I, I joke with them. I'm like, oh, where are we going? Oh, 7 Eleven. Oh, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> what? How is that possible? You know, but yeah. Uh, well, the reason I asked about your dad um, is, and I think it's an important thing, you know, anyone who's in transition, especially if you're the owner, thinking about what's next, it's always important to know kind of what you're going to do after you step out of your company. Because a lot of times, owners, when they leave their business, they have a lot of regret and they really are lost. And it, sometimes it's really devastating to them and they, and they're really filled with a lot of remorse and, you know, just, just, um, you know, kind of a downward spiral. And so it's always right. really, really important for someone thinking about transitioning out of their business to, you know, what am I going to do when I'm free, freed up with my time, you know, and, and really putting some thought into, you know, what I'm passionate about where I really want to devote myself to, you, you know, what do I care about? What do I want my legacy to be? Those are important considerations for that generation. Now for you, um, you know, I want to focus on a whole different set of questions. So kind of walk me through, what was it like growing up in the family business? Were you like the kid who was, you know, in the skid steer in your diapers or digging whole planting trees or like, or what so was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I was um, like I mentioned before. I'm the oldest of I'm the oldest of four. Um, I have two brothers and a sister. My sister's the youngest. Um, my both my brothers were big into sports, and that's what they did. Um, me, I I actually I did do sports, but never was big into them. Um, I always wanted to work. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I started working for my father. I guess I was officially, I started working for him. I think it was 12. Um, but even before that, every chance I, if it snowed and I was off of school, I was in the truck. Uh, you know, nice. I rode shotgun with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I think I drove him nuts to a certain point because he would, uh, he, we would get to, we did a lot of warehouses back then. And uh, we would get to the warehouse and he, you know, I would, I would have been talking to him non-stop for you know the last 40 minutes an hour and he'd be like all right uh, why don't you jump out and uh, shovel those wall those stairs off and uh you know or, or whatever and I, then i'd be out of the truck for two hours shoveling and you know and i'd get back in and they'd be like oh once you're warm you can do the sidewalk out there and, <laughs> and years later he actually told me he's like you know we we didn't actually get paid to do the sidewalks i just sent you out to do them like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> I just needed well, some man. alone time. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. You, you got to get out. You got yeah. you, you're talking, you know, because I back then I had all, you know, I, I was a kid. I all kinds of 
grandiose ideas you know uh, like, yeah you wanted to talk strategy and, and stuff with exactly him. you know it's like oh you know what we could do we could build the ultimate plow truck and talk about you know and he, he got you could only you can only listen to it so long and I, having my own kid now i get it because i'm like he comes out with stuff and i'm like well that's that's funny i remember coming up with that when i was a kid <laughs> that was me you just keep talking about it okay all right so knew, you knew <laughs> yeah. you wanted to work but did i mean were you guys like strategically talking about you taking over the business or you just wanted to be part of it and so um my father i think that things have changed a lot in the last 35 years 30 almost four years since he started the business um and uh i think that he he always pushed me to kind of do other things um and uh, throughout my life i always had different you know jobs and but I'd always come back to working for him, whether it be in the summer. Um, I think I was 14 when he sent me out with the lawn crew. I would go out Thursdays and Fridays. They were their busy days. And I'd go out with the lawn crew. I remember his foreman, Frankie, and one of the laborers. And I'd go out and I'd cut lawns 12 hours a day. And and, uh, and I loved it. <laughs> That's that. Mm-hmm. I was a weird kid. Um, but uh I, what I've always wanted to do was take over that business. That is, that was always my dream. And, um, along the way, you know, different things happened and, and my father kind of, he, he pushed me away from it. I think because there was, there's a lot of risk in business. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. knows that there's, there's risk, but in my mind, at least at this point, having, having taken over the business and successfully run it now for three years, um, you know, it's calculated risk, you know, there's risk in everything, Mm -hmm. but it's a calculated risk. I think that he was just too concerned that it was just too hard of a life for me Mm -hmm. and, or for any of his kids for that matter, not just me, Mm -hmm. but he won't, you know, as a parent, you want, you want the best for your kid. And, and I see that now having my own children, I want the best for them. Um, you know, I don't want them to have to work as hard as as I've worked. Um, you know, I know this is a podcast, but I'm full of gray hairs for a reason, you know, they they're, they're called experience. At least yes. that's what somebody told me. Right. Um, I have a lot, you know of, what? A lot of experience. Your, your father, <laughs> though, had some wisdom because that that's a really important thing in, in a mistake that some family businesses uh, go through where they don't have their children get other experiences and work other places. I, and I'm constantly advising people to do that. Right. Don't don't because they really need to see the world they need to experience other things other leadership styles perspectives right. different ideas um and, and then they're way more valuable if they come back to the business they're more well-rounded and they're and, and they have the respect typically more so than if they're you know just the the silver spoon like oh this right. kid's been spoiled he's everything's been handed to him you don't have to work for anything mm-hmm. never had a real job in his life like you don't want that hanging over your head like it's way oh. more valuable to come back hey i've gone somewhere else i got some education i got some skills now i'm coming back here and i'm going to take this thing over i'm serious so i yeah. i give your dad a lot of credit for pushing you out no, and I'm I'm sure he'll appreciate that. It's and he did. He he pushed me out and to the point where and your listeners probably don't know, but I actually have a full time job. Um, Tell us I about that. Just on the side. Um, so I uh, about a little over eight years ago, I got an opportunity to become a police officer. Um, and my father was probably the biggest proponent of me taking that job. 
Nice. And and I did it. And I went through the police academy and I became a police officer and I'm still a police officer. And um, I've learned a ton about that career, um, you know, and I've been able to take what I've learned there and I've been able to take what I've learned in other jobs I've had over the years and, and implement some of that into the business, um, whether that be structure or management style or um, just how I treat people in general. And, and it's, it's my experiences throughout my life have definitely shaped how I run the business and mm -hmm. how I, you know, how I go about doing things and, and how I'm trying to grow my business. Yeah, there's definitely opportunities to translate some of that learning from a different environment. That's really cool that you're doing that, by the way. And I, you know, God bless you for doing that. Um, Thank you. You have the full support of all of our listeners. I know that 100. percent It's very but, much um, appreciated. But some of the, um, and you're welcome. Um, but some of those things are, that you learn, police academy, and through working through a police agency, those are transferable skills. You know, leadership is leadership, you know, yep. the way you deal with people, the way you handle yourself, the way you protect your reputation, like all those things matter immensely in business. So a lot of transferables. And they, again, that's the point about do something else and then bring those skills back. But how does this talk to me about how this works? Like, okay, are, are you full-time? Are you volunteer part-time? Like, like, are you, yeah. so you have two full-time jobs, like, and a family, how does that work? Jobs. Yeah, I, um, my wife, like is, scheduling logistically, how does it work? <laughs> um, I, yeah, my, my wife is a saint. She, um, I have to give her credit and, and because without, without her support, I definitely could not do it. Um, I actually, so I, I'm a full-time police officer with our town, uh, Hamilton and, um, I work you know, well, I don't work a 40 hour week because we work shift work. So we work 12 hour shifts. So um, it's a rotating schedule, but that's actually an advantage to me for the business because mm -hmm. there's days when I'm off, uh, you know, I'm off. I don't, yeah. I don't have work today. Um, so I'm available all day. You know, like this morning I had a meeting with my crew to go over some things, getting ready for spring. Um, you know, I have time to sit down and talk to you for a little while. I, I'm available. The other thing of it is, is that I actually work a midnight shift by choice. So I work overnight seven to seven. Um, the reason there's a couple of reasons I do that. One of them is for seniority time off, you know, with the family and everything. Um, but one of the biggest reasons is because of the business at this point, I'm available during the day. Do I need to sleep? Yes. Do I sleep? Yes. I've, I learned very early on in my career. It's funny because that being on midnights, I'm one of the how we our department does. It's it's by seniority, so of course a lot of the older guys are on days, a lot of the younger guys are on midnights, and not that I'm old. At least I don't. Maybe I am at this point. I don't eight even years. Know. <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, I've been there eight years, and I'm working with guys that have six months on the job, and it's a little weird at this point for me. But I'm. I learned very early on that you have to sleep. <laughs> so I do make sure to sleep. But if there's a day when, you know, I got to go do something, I, I have the option. I'm, I'm not at work, so I'm available. And, totally uh, makes sense. And there's lots of other people in our industry that have full-time jobs, um, police, police officers, firefighters, um, 
even like farmers and stuff. I mean, so, so there, yep. this is a proven model. And oh, yeah. the, the idea is, you know, Hey, you got some, you don't work every day. You don't work a traditional shift. You have time like, okay, what are you going to do at that time? Yeah. You right. can stay home and play with the kids in the sandbox, but like you can also do this and make some money and build a legacy for your, for your family or maintain the family business in your case. Right. That your father invested in for 30 years. Right. Yeah. Cool stuff. You you mentioned your family. You want to talk about your family here for a minute? Sure. So I uh, I mentioned my wife. Obviously, I've been married for uh, we got married 12, 13, 14. Um, my wife's a math teacher. She loves numbers. So nice. Um, had the opportunity. It only happens once every hundred years. So 12, 13, 14. So we've been married for a little over, I think that's seven years now. Um, and uh, the last two years have been such a blur. It's hard to, I was really good until five. And then last two years have just been such a, <laughs> at some point we just flip over and we just look at our ways and like, yeah. tell me how old I am. You just can't remember any details after a while. When's my birthday? Well, for some reason, our wives can remember everything. But uh, she's, I'm telling you, they do. They, it's a superpower that they have. Like, yeah, um, for sure. You know, I can't remember anything, but it's because I got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we've, uh, we have two little kids. My, we have, I have a son and a daughter. Um, they are 13 months apart. Um, my son's going to be six pretty soon, and my daughter will be five. Nice. Um, so a lot of exciting times with them they're my son's in kindergarten and and uh my daughter's she's in preschool they're both we we send them to uh a catholic school in town and uh they love it so that's a good thing those are fun ages too yeah yeah no they're they're uh they're very entertaining so cool that's excellent all right well um our listeners are dying to hear about your business so let's let's shift there Sure. So, um, love to hear about kind of what you're into. You said full service, but walk us through like what's the service mix and and what are the things that you're into? Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's funny because I always say full service, and then people are like, "Well, do you do this?" I'm like, "Well, no, we don't do that." But um, I have to remember, we're not technically full service. It's you know, um, we're we're a maintenance company. So I'm kind of transitioning. When my father ran the business, he was. Um, he did a lot more installs, um, hardscapes, um, planting design and all that. A lot of the reason I'm shifting away from that is be just because of the time commitment. Um, you know, whereas it's easier for me to hire guys that know how to cut lawns, trim shrubs, mulch beds than it is to hire guys that know how to properly plant things and design them and lay them out and meet with the customers and, um, at least on the landscape side. That's true. Um, so we do we do probably eighty percent residential, around twenty percent commercial properties maintenance. Um, as far as on that's on the landscape maintenance side. Um, during the winter snow, we have dabbled in residential. Um, I have actually this season was the first season I actually subcontracted out our residential route. Um, so officially, my company does not do residential at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so we handle large commercial, um, I say large commercial. We actually, um, we are current, I can just, this year we have five contracts, um, of those five two, one of them is a shipping facility. 
Um, one of them is our local church. It's actually my kids' church, our school, church and school. Mm-hmm. And then we do two smaller sites, um, a car wash and a small retail site. And then there's a private office complex that we do. Um, very, very small. It's actually a 14 acre wooded lot, like mm-hmm. kind of like a park setting and they got a long driveway and a, a small parking lot. So, so how would you describe your ideal customer when it comes to snow? One that pays quickly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Check. Um, what else? Yeah. So I, uh, I like, I actually missed when we used to do the warehouses. Um, when I was growing up, that's, was probably 80% of my father's contracts were large, like shipping warehouses. Um, what's nice about them is they're predictable. You they're for the most part, they're wide open. Um, you know, you're not dealing with cars zipping in and out and that sort of thing. Um, we don't have any of those contracts right now. The shipping facility there, it's a FedEx facility. They, um, that's actually my favorite site to do at the moment um, because it's it's mostly just the trucks coming in and out. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty open. Um, the church is not bad. It's actually um, new for us this year, this season. Um, their parking lot is actually nice and wide open, so I do enjoy that. Um, they have a couple little int- uh, intricate areas where cars can pull into, but um, I think my ideal customer is someplace around uh i'm trying to think of what the square footage is it's maybe three hundred thousand square feet of parking lot mm-hmm. um something where i can justify a larger piece of equipment handling it and one or two trucks on the site to handle most storms um that's, good no that's good yeah I, uh, that's really important you know and i would just encourage everyone who's listening to you know ask themselves that question because it's really important to know who you're going after and and most people can articulate it, but then, you know, if you ask them, well, are you actually applying that? Sometimes they're not, they're just kind of going after everything. So, right. so it's really good to like clarify, this is who we're going after. This is my target ideal customer. And here are actually the properties that fall into that, that screening, mech- you know, there's 30 properties within my ter- territory I'm going after, Right. they're on my list. That doesn't mean you won't do something else. If somebody called you and, hey, can you, plow my, my hardware store, you might do it, but that's not your target customer. You're not going out to seek that customer. Right. And, and it's one of those things where that's where some pricing comes in because I know my pricing for that particular client that, like I said, that I think it's around 300,000 square feet, something like that. Um, I know the pricing that works in that market. That's both, both my large contracts are right there. The smaller contracts are actually they're leftovers from when my father was doing things, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with that. Um, we've been doing them for a long time, sure. but they're not small sites either. Um, I do not want small sites. <laughs> um, I agree with that hundred percent. Way easier uh, to do a bit large sites where you're there, you have equipment on site, you're yep. dedicated, you're not moving around, you're not stuck in traffic. Exactly. Trying to exactly. get back somewhere that you were at three hours ago, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. What about your contract mix? Do you prefer seasonal, um, hybrids per occurrence or, or a mix? So in, uh, in our market, I find that most, most of the contracts are going to be a per event contract. Um, 
this season we've we've done some seasonal contracts in the past um we years ago we did a couple walmart locations they the big box stores prefer the seasonals um because uh predictable pricing for them they you know they can budget that um and actually the the fedex facility this year they actually went to a seasonal contract they requested that um which is works at working out nicely since we're uh, having a slower season this year um so right now we have about a 50 50 um probably probably more like 74 um 70 30 um towards the per per event contract okay all right that's not a bad mix you know I, a lot of companies try to get 50 50 60 40 40 60 but even if it's 70 30 30 70 i mean as long as you have some in my opinion anyway as long as you have sufficient seasonal income to pay 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 the important bills over the winter yeah you're probably in good shape yeah yeah i mean i i do try and put money away through the season from the landscape side to cover the winter expenses um I actually, we, I was not expecting the, uh, the church to jump on board with us this year. Um, that was kind of a, I don't want to say it was a surprise cause I, I was expecting to bid it, but I wasn't expecting to bid it till next season. So when they jumped on board, I had already had some things in place for everything else. And I had to, had to spend a little bit more, uh, capital than I had planned to be able to put things in place for that. Mm-hmm. So you got to jump on the opportunity when it comes. I couldn't say no to it. So, yeah, right. Well, talk to us about some of the, uh, equipment or technology you mentioned, you know, changing software. We'd love to hear what kind of what, how you're set up, you know, what, what some of your go-to things are, or even if, well, I don't necessarily want you to talk about bad experiences. Let's keep it on the positive side. <laughs> what, what's, you know, what things are you excited about? What do you want to talk about when it comes to equipment, technology, software? Sure. So, uh, on a, as far as software, I'm in the process of switching over to service autopilot. That is mainly going to be a landscape system for, for us, at least right now, I probably will grow it into the snow side. Snow has always been kind of, um, uh, kind of my baby because I love it so much. I'm very involved in it. So I, to this point, because we don't have, you know, 20, 30 sites, I have five sites. I know the five sites I'm going to be on the five sites, you know, they're going to be done. I'm going to be there. Um, you know, if, if any kind of question about service were to come up, we do have GPS and cameras in my fleet. Um, all the, all the trucks have them. So I would be able to pull that up and say, hey, listen, we were there. This is the time. This is the video footage from the company. Um, you know, you can see that we were there. Um, I am looking to implement something possibly next season to a little more, a um, little bit better tracking for the snow side of things since we're, I'm hoping to grow it more next year. Um, probably something with service autopilot if, uh, if I can figure that out. Come, it's, it's a big system to learn and just learning it to get the landscape side has been my goal over this winter. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as equipment, uh, we run, let's see, at this point we have five, five trucks. Uh, three of them have Fisher uh, X uh, V plows. Mm-hmm. 
Um, two of them have straight plows. Um, the one is actually an addition that I added <laughs> just about two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> so I realized that we had one storm. It was kind of, we've had one pushable event so far this year. And I realized that we were, we were a truck short and, uh, we, we, we figured it out, but I realized if we did get the bigger one that we would need another truck. So I went out and got another truck for the guy, for the crew. Um, and then this season we actually picked up our first, uh, wheel loader. It's a, um, a JCB, uh, 320, I think it is. Um, it's an 18,000 pound machine. So it's not a real big one. It's one of the, I guess, compact is what they mm -hmm. would call it. A compact wheel loader. Sure. Um, and then I picked up a 13 foot Arctic sectional pusher for it. Got it. Sweet. Oh yeah. Sounds like a nice combo. I, it was, uh, the first storm we had, there was a little bit of a learning curve for my operator. He's, mm -hmm. he's run, uh, John, he's, uh, he's actually married to my best friend. Um, mm -hmm. her and I have been friends since we were little kids, but John has run equipment for us for the last probably six or seven years. And, uh, he's run everything from my father had a wheel loader that barely ran, <laughs> um had to push that was, it. yeah that was that was 2016 it moved snow but uh -huh. that's all it really did <laughs> um good enough to a skid seer that the door didn't have a door um last, old last, school. Season, yeah. last season the heat stopped working in in a skid seer we were running so he ran it he ran it with no heat that was uh and and well, he's no, a trooper yeah, he's 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 a worker. He's he's uh take John's care of John. Bring guy. John a few coffees during the night. I <laughs> no, take good no care of John. I definitely try. I've I've told you I've I've told John off the record, and I hope Carrie doesn't listen to this. I told her, I said, if you and Carrie don't work out, you and I can still be friends. <laughs> yeah. We still need so, to be friends. That's the yeah. bro code. Yeah. yeah. So did um, he give it a thumbs up after the learning curve? He yeah. So once once we figured it out and got it dialed in, that thing was a monster. Cool. I I couldn't believe the amount of snow that day. We had a five inch storm. Um, and the, the way the church is set up, we have to move all the snow to the back, um, which is probably a good three or 400 yards from the front. Um, so that thing moved mountains of snow. Like I've never seen moved. Nice. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. What about on the de-icing side? How do you handle, uh, you know, sidewalks and parking lot de-icing? So, uh, with the sidewalks, we just use push spreaders and, uh, calcium, uh, or calcium blend a lot of times. Um, and that's just mostly for our customers to keep, you know, little, little neater than salt, um, melts a little bit better. We don't really have in New Jersey, we don't really get the, the hard, hard freezes. So I don't really have to worry about the salt not working. Um, but the calcium is still preferable on sidewalks. Um, as far as the parking lots, to right now we run two uh, V-box spreaders um, with the gas motors. I my next purchase will definitely be one of the newer ones with the electric motors because mm -hmm. it never fails. All the problems with them are around that gas motor. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am. I've actually started to look into liquids. Um, mm -hmm. They're not very popular in our area. Um, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact. Off the top of my head, I don't know anybody privately that runs them. Um, well, you're in a milder climate. There's a lot of moisture, so there's a lot of uh, 
less attractive, you know, things going against liquids for you. They're, they can still be effective for sure. Right. But they're way more effective in drier, colder climates. Right. A hundred percent. By the way, how much, what is a normal winter for you in terms of snowfall inches or number of events? Or is, I know there's no normal, but like I was historically. I was going out the window in, uh, <laughs> in the last couple of years. It's funny because the first season that I took over the business, um, and this is, this is going to hurt some of your listeners and probably you, I actually did not plan on doing snow. Um, I, I actually said to myself, I had, I had the two, two of the small accounts for my father and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do them too by myself, not going to involve the company. Like I'll just do them on the side for me. Mm -hmm. And then we had picked up FedEx for the maintenance side of things. And, uh, they, uh, they asked about snow and I, I couldn't say no. I, (laughs) so that was, uh, it was in your blood. Yeah. I couldn't say no. I'm like, uh, you know, and and it's, so far, knock on wood, it's it's worked out all right. Well, so, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm sorry, I totally forgot what your question was. I went off on. No, it. no, no. We're good. Um, I was I was asking what the uh, seasonal snowfall was. That's what it was historically. So that's why I started with that story because we signed them up, and then that was the season that we got about four inches of snow. Oh, nice. total. So <laughs> yeah. I knew there was no a reason winter. I went off on that tangent. No winter, yeah. Quite well, that's just yeah, it. I mean, you could get nothing and you could probably get what, what's the upper limit? 50, we, 60 inches. Something. I mean, we, we've gotten up to 60 inches of snow in a season. Yeah. I think our average, I would have to check it more recently, but I think we've always been quoted as saying our average is 32 inches. Okay. Um, so not a bad, not a bad winter, but, um, you know, we can, we traditionally, we always have one big one. Um, and uh it's funny 2016 we got 36 inches in one storm i remember um, that yeah that was that snowmageddon was our, or whatever they called it yep snowmageddon yeah. that was actually uh that's that storm actually uh put my wife in labor and i ended up in the uh, hospital <laughs> at the end of that storm and i just told this story actually my father i had the truck um my i've never had a spreader in my truck i've i don't know why it, mm-hmm just never had the spreader truck. And, uh, I had the fuel tank in my truck transfer tank. And that's that year we had the loader and a backhoe and a, a skid steer all, all running. And, uh, we were doing a huge shopping center. It was, I think close to a million square feet. And, uh, I probably hour 24, it was right around 24 hours plowing. And I, I said, listen, I, I gotta go home and I just need, I need an hour. Like, so I came home and my wife, she just hung up with a a friend of hers. She said, she told me I have to go to the hospital. She had something going on. She said, I need to go to the hospital. I said, okay. I got stuck at the end of my own driveway. I was very upset about this (laughs) because I, yeah, it was, I I I can't get out of my driveway. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I do snow plowing. (laughs) I have a plow on the truck. That was, um, long story short, my son decided he wanted to come early. Um, he, mm-hmm. he came about two months early, actually. And uh, fortunately, he was healthy and everything's worked out since then. And But uh, that that storm, 36 of my father, I left it 24 hours. My father called me and I didn't tell him I was taking her house. I, I told him I was going home for a quick break. Mm-hmm. But I didn't tell him. He called me and I, 
And of course, it was a very emotional time because first time parents, we didn't know what was happening. You know, he's coming early, not supposed to come early. And uh, they, uh, I said to my father, I'm like, I'm at the hospital with, with Sam, my wife. Um, you know, she, her water broke. And he's like, stop kidding around. Get back here. This is about to run out of fuel. That's about to run out of fuel. Yeah. And I'm like, and then, of course, at that point, I'm, I'm exhausted. I just, I broke down like a, I start sobbing on the phone and, and he's like, you're not kidding. I'm like, yeah, I'm no. not messing. Yeah. So he sent, he sent my mother, uh, to the hospital to get the truck because mm-hmm. <laughs> needed the truck. That had yeah, to keep for sure. So I, I, <laughs> I sat out the end of that storm. I, I it was, I would have much rather been in the blah truck. Wow. <laughs> it was not a fun experience, but um but it was it's a good story now i can you know six years later i can i can look back and go all right that was a good one but, but yeah, yeah he so was we, just holding out for a good storm he's like i'm I, this is it that's it, it I, I joke with my wife I'm like it's in his blood honey he, yeah he, oh he yeah wanted, he wanted to come out and get in on that one he's you know? the future of the snow industry <laughs> that's, it. Yeah. that's it let's just put that on him right now <laughs> yeah right what <laughs> about um what about recruiting um, how many employees do you have and like where, if you, if you had to recruit someone, what would be a good, what would be your go-to strategy? So that is definitely a hot topic in today's world. Um, as I'm sure you and your listeners are aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have traditionally, we've been very fortunate where we have a core group of guys that have been with us for a while. Like I said, John, he's my equipment guy go-to. I can count on him. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's never run a wheel loader before this this year, or well, he's never run a newer wheel loader, I should say, because he did run that that old one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was very different. Uh, he shows up. Um, same thing. I got my laborers. Same thing. They show up. You know, I hey, there's a storm coming. They show up. Um, as I'm trying to grow the landscape business. Um, I'm trying to hire more people and that has proven very difficult. Um, I actually have three interviews lined up for next week. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about them. Um, and where did they come from? The three interviews where I actually got them them? off of Facebook jobs. Okay. So they have, um, you know, you can set the, the distance and everything, how far it, it puts the ads out. Um, and then I, I did, I do have an add on indeed right now. And I have, I think, I think I actually saw an email this morning. I didn't even get a chance. I think I have a second person that applied through there. Um, so I'm hoping that I need to hire three people. I'm, okay. I'm three guys short. That's mm-hmm. where three full-time guys, I should say. Um, we kind of made it through last year with, with two. And that was we definitely left a lot on the table last season because I didn't have more people. Um, when it comes to snow, because we don't, we're not, because it's not as predictable here. Um, Cause as I said, like we 32 inches are average, but then a couple of years ago we had four and then mm-hmm. a couple of years before that we had 60, you know, it's, we have such a swing. It's hard to, bring on people and say, okay, I'm going to have 20 guys full time to plow snow. It's, it's just not possible. Sure. So I have to really focus. My main focus is the landscape side of things, the maintenance side. That being said, my, my full-time staff members on that side, they plow snow. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So I have, during this past season, I had two full-time laborers and two full-time crew leaders. At one point, I managed to get up to six people, including a third crew leader and um, a third laborer, but neither of them worked out. So um, that's why I say I'm trying to hire three people to start this season. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the hardest jobs. part of our business for sure. But no, that's cool. So Facebook jobs worked for you, uh, getting a little action on Indeed. But having that core group of people that have been around for a while that you can trust is just huge. And, yeah, and that's why are they sticking around? Help me understand. Um, I, I'd like to think it's me, <laughs> but no, I think that's part of it. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I treat them well. I, you know, I. I don't nitpick about their hours. You know, I, I pay them fairly. You know, we, I, my laborers all got, um, they actually got a $3 raise this season, which was a little bit unexpected. Um, but the market demanded it. I, they, sure. they came to me and said, Dave, other companies are paying more than we're making. And we've been with you. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, so, and of course that translated to a $5 increase in their winter pay. Um, cause my laborers, I do pay them more for shoveling. Um, y- you have to, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very labor intensive. Right. Um, you know, my dry, even my full-time guys, I, they get a snow bonus. Um, you know, I give them an extra, I tell them it's a minimum of $10 extra an hour. Um, depending on how profitable the storm is, I will give them more. Um, and that definitely helps, um, you know, cause it's, it's something they can look forward to and it makes them want it to snow, mm-hmm. you know, because of course, if it's not snowing for the most part, they're not doing much, you know, they come in a couple hours here, a couple hours there, do some training, do some, some maintenance on the equipment. Every once in a while, a job comes in we take care of, um, but I take good care of them. And then during the storm, I pay for all their meals. I make sure they got plenty of, you know, if they want to drink or hot coffee or hot chocolate or whatever, it's all on me. I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not telling them, Hey, make sure you pack your lunch because you're on your own. It's no, what do you need? You know? Um, the other thing is I, I try to provide them with good equipment. You know, and my father did the same, you know, like I said, we had, we've had a couple of duds over the years, but for the most part, we, we drive good trucks. You know, like I said, we run Fisher plows because in my mind, they're second to none, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, and I'm sure there's guys out there that would argue, you know, for different brands, but we've been running. Yeah, that's fishers. been your experience. That's Listen, great. We've been, we've been running Fisher plows for a better half of 20 something years. And I mean, next to no there, problem. There's a reason Douglas dynamics is the biggest there's manufacturer a in the industry. Let's <laughs> just, yes. just say that. Yep. yep. Undisputed. No questions yep. asked. Um, but no, I think you're, you're touching on some really important things because, well, of course, labor is the biggest issue in our industry and probably every industry today. But, um, you know, you have to be, you have to be competitive and fair with pay, but it's way more than pay. It's about culture and about the way you treat people and, you know, your first, you, you said it tongue in cheek, it's, it's about me, but you know, you know, but what, what you meant by that was right. you as the leader, as the owner of the business, you're instilling some, some values, your values in the company that people, you know, it's important to invest in your people, can't nitpick them. You have to provide for them, make things comfortable, 
have a good atmosphere. You know, people have to enjoy what they're doing and, right. and be excited to come to work or, or be like, you know what? Yeah. Today might be a tough day. Um, you know, I might be outside in a snow event. It might not be snowing. It might be sleeting, but I've, you know, so that's not a fun day, but you know what? I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people I work with. They respect me. They take care of me. People aren't going to walk away from that for a quarter. You know what I mean? No. And that's, and I think that, you know, I think some companies that are having the biggest problems, I think they forget that is at the end of the day, um, people is, is one of the most important things about your business without people, you don't have a business. Um, you, you have a job, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you don't have a business without people in it. And especially in my situation where, you know, I'm, I have a job, so I need these people. I, yes. my company doesn't run without them. Um, especially on the maintenance side, like I said, the snow side, I'm always there for it. Um, and I, and I say that, but this year I've, I've let go. I've, I've, there's been a couple salt events where after I train them, my guys, how to, how to do it, I call them up and say, Hey, we're going to have to go out at, you know, 4am and, and mm -hmm. hit the lots. And I, I think I had work. I think I was working. Well, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, if you're on shift, you're on your seven to seven shift, I'm assuming you can't just bug out and go plow snow whenever you want to. Right. Correct. Correct. <laughs> we, so. you know, in the police world, I mean, I do have time that I can use to get off. Um, but it doesn't always work out. Sure. You, know, you would have to schedule in advance and things. And, yes. Yeah. You know, there's, so your people got to uh, step up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to build to and, and hire mm -hmm. people who, you know, and that's why I, like I said, before our call, you know, I had, I ended up having my guys here for three hours this morning. I, I told him it was going to be a quick, maybe an hour. We talked for three hours and we probably could have talked for another three hours. Um, just, and part of it was just sharing with them my vision, you know, mm -hmm. sharing with them what I'm trying to build up to, um, letting them know what my plans were for the spring and for the future. And, and then, you know, talking about, Hey, maybe we'll get some snow in February. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. You never know. Well, um, this has been awesome. I still have a million things running through my mind right now, but I think we should probably start winding things down so we're not keeping everyone forever. But uh, was there was there anything else that was on your mind that you wanted to chat about, Dave? Um, no, I mean, I think we talked about a little bit of everything. I would, you know, maybe at some point if if this has some good feedback, I can come back and we can continue conversation or have another conversation. Well, absolutely, we'll have to do this again because you're growing your business. I'm excited to see what you do. You know, as you take this, the next 30 years, what does this thing look like? You know, yeah, that could be some really cool. And I just love the fact that you're, you know, you're just all in with your community as a police officer and, and you're running a business and, um, you said your wife's a saint. I'm sure she is. Maybe we should get her on here. We should have the. the she the, she probably <laughs> has some things to say. <laughs> we'll do a Everybody podcast with like her it, next but... time. That would be a fun one. Yeah. But, no, I, I, this has been awesome. And I, you know, love hearing about the story about the family business transition. You know, I think I shared with you when we talked last that I grew up in a family business as well. And that's part of my story. And, and that's cool to hear about how people have transitioned. And, and actually there's probably more we could explore there as far as the mechanics of how that went on. So we'll definitely schedule another time, but, um, thank you Dave for being with us. Have a good rest of the winter. We got a little bit more winter left. And uh, so you never know, like we've had winters where 
all the snow came in in February, March. So you, you still don't know what it's going to look like, right? That's what I'll, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We've so. had other winters where it just goes right into spring. And there's I no know. winter at all. You yeah. don't know what it, you're going to get. It, there's always that point where, you know, there's some winters where you're like, oh, I just can't wait for spring. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. This winter, not so much. Yeah. Well, again, thank you very much, Dave, for being here. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate you having me. Yep. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Snow Fighters Institute podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. Don't forget, please check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com.